All right, here we go on a Monday. The Monday with Cofield and Company. Damon is here. Adam Candy is here as well. Busy day. You know, it was funny, middle of the morning, I'm like, man, I'm kind of shocked. It's the middle of August, and I'm not seeing, like, a ton of stuff to hit on. We got some good Raiders stuff, and then there's been an avalanche of good material to hit. First of all, Candy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Everybody dry? Everybody dry? You know, it's, all dry? it's funny. In your, uh, in your notes that you send over, and we always exchange stories and then put together a rundown, because the show's, you know, it's for everyone. It's for everyone. Uh, you mentioned at the bottom... You would leave it to us to put in the uh, weather-related stuff. What'd you call it again? The uh, rain apocalypse or something? Rain rainpocalypse. Oh, no, rain one word. Rainpocalypse. Um, yeah. I feel like the only rain we got at my domicile was actually happening during like six hours inside for a fantasy football draft when I was elsewhere. Because the rest of the time I didn't see any weather, but then I saw videos and reports from all around town. And some parts got hit pretty good, and you know there was some flooding and some street messes. But I didn't really get hit by anything. You are in the uh, lofty hills on the east side of town. Did you get hit? Did you get washed away? I mean, your house looks beautiful right now. Uh, the The video with uh, your baby grand piano in the background, or is that just a grand piano? Uh, if you have to ask, you don't really care. You're just not the kind of person what, I need to talk to about What a low-class schnook I am. So the house is still there. The piano is okay. So what would you guys get over there? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I played my piano all through the storm, and it gave me all the calm that I needed to be ready for today. No, I mean, nothing nothing terrible. I was kind of joking about the rain apocalypse, considering what was forecast and, and what ultimately uh, what ultimately came through. So, uh by the way, nice. Uh, I know this wasn't meant as a humble brag, but look at you. You have friends. You're in a fantasy football draft. Six hours of a fantasy football draft. Well, Very impressive. the setup was a little longer than the actual draft. It went by pretty quick. So we've automated the thing where we're not uh, doing the auctioneer. So now we just use, uh, in this case, CBS. And we set the limits real low. So you got to go. It's, it's fast. We got stuff to do. We got to go to dinner. Uh, I may have to talk about the bevy of dinners. That, that's always nice when friends are in town. But that might be material for... Later in the week, but I will mention something about fantasy football that caught my attention, um, and it really is just a cheap excuse to talk about my team. Um, I saw a story on Barrett Sports Media, who's a guy who used to be a PD, program director, at a couple of different stations. I think the last big one was 95-7 The Game in the Bay Area, and now he's a consultant, and he's got a bunch of staffers, and he follows the sports radio biz, which I really appreciate. He's got job listings up there, so people at Lotus appreciate that one. Um he, uh, someone on the staff wrote a story about, according to uh, one of the WFAN dudes, uh, and now I have completely blanked on his freaking name. Is there an Evan there? It's Evan and Tiki now? I believe so. Right? So Evan's a New York guy like you, you know, brash uh, over there. Um, and he was, his claim was fantasy football is dying because now that people can bet, that's replacing fantasy football. You cover betting every day. Um, yeah, I, when I read it, I was like, I don't know, man. I've been in Vegas around betting forever. Uh, I'm not in as many fantasy leagues as I could be, but I still like playing it. Have you gotten the sense around the country that fantasy football is dying because now the fellas can just bet on the games? Show me the evidence, Evan. There's none of it. You can't point to anything. That's crap. Um, first of all, <laughs> ask the big companies like DraftKings and FanDuel if – fantasy is dying they're still using fantasy to get people into betting so okay. look at it from that perspective also 
Karen from accounting is not going to be getting down on minus 110 sides, but she will jump in your fantasy football league if you'd like her to. There is a level of casual interest that comes with fantasy football that is not going to translate to betting. So uh, I have a lot of observations from my fantasy league. They don't mean a whole lot, but we do an auction league, and I did notice something happened towards the end of the draft. I forgot about the guy. I think a lot of people are forgetting about his team. Matt Stafford at least in the league I was in, was an absolute afterthought and like one of the final picks for like a buck. Are the Rams useless this year? Because I don't want to go off of the preseason game. Are the Rams going to be terrible? Is Matt Stafford a washed quarterback? I think both of those things don't have the same answer. Rams are going to be horrible this year, and Matt Stafford is still the best quarterback in that division. And that doesn't sound like two things that should go together, but that's the truth because... I'll take him over Geno Smith. I'll take him over whatever mess is going on in Arizona right now because Kyler Murray is out. And yes, I will take him over Brock Purdy because I still don't understand exactly what's going on there in San Francisco. That being said, just look at the Rams' schedule this year and the fact that they're matched up with the AFC North and the NFC East as their divisions that they have to play against. That means you get Baltimore, Cincy, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Philadelphia, if the seventh team in terms of strength that you play is the New York Giants, you're in some trouble, man. So I think the Rams are going to be fine in terms of Matthew Stafford. I think he'll be all right. But they tore this thing down to the studs. They're not spending anything. They have a ton of dead cap. They traded away Jalen Ramsey. This team's not trying to compete this year. I get it. They were going to have to kind of turn the page and take a step back after making the run with the uh, you know busting through the salary cap. So it was going to happen, but... You know, to your point, if they are bad and Stafford stays upright, they may be behind in a lot of games so he could throw for a bunch of yardage. Is the next Matt Stafford with the Raiders? Aiden O'Connell. This is pretty impressive about how impressed people are. I'm not going to read too much into the preseason, but where are you on AOC as a lot of people are going gaga for him, and including uh, Colin Cowherd, who we'll get to in a couple of minutes. What do you think? I'm glad for the Raiders' sake that it appears that whether they meant for there to be a plan at backup quarterback or not, there actually is. And I think it's clear. If Brian Hoyer starts the season anything other than number three on the depth chart or frankly not here at all, then I don't think that the Raiders are doing themselves any sort of service because no matter how good Aiden O'Connell is, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt or if Jimmy Garoppolo is in some way not healthy enough to play, then this team is not playing for this year. They got to be looking at next year, and you have to find out if Aiden O'Connell's any good. And it looks, at least in the preseason, like you have enough clay there for Josh McDaniels to try to be the offensive mind that everyone has made him out to be and mold Aiden O'Connell into something. So the whole idea isn't necessarily, is Aiden O'Connell great? The whole idea is, if you're the Raiders, you have to be looking at the future if it means Jimmy Garoppolo isn't playing. If he's out then show us you have a plan by throwing Aiden O'Connell in there and don't make us watch six games of Brian Hoyer just because. <laughs> He's off his back foot. This time he doesn't miss him. He's got Trey Tucker inside the 20. And he's brought down at the 15 on a 40-yard pickup. Here we go. The future. AOC and Tucker. A lot of people question why... Uh, Trey Tucker was being selected, so so far he's looked pretty decent. But, again, I will warn everyone, pump the brakes. I'm not going to go as far as Adam Hill, who 
when I asked him a question last week, Candy, about uh, how or what would he tell fans who are reacting strongly to uh, AOC through the preseason, and he just started laughing uh, probably for about eight seconds. Because uh, I agree with you. It is a big deal. And the other discussion I tried to open last week, but I got shut down pretty quickly, was Brian Hoyer's not playing, right? And I actually got some pushback in the room on that day on Cofield and Company because I'm with you. Um, AOC, if he's needed, should be the guy who's out there. I assume, and I got shot down on this one too, that Hoyer was told, listen, we need a mentor. We need a deep, deep emergency backup, but you are here to be a teacher and a quarterback in times of desperation, but that's going to be your role. You know, we're going to draft a guy or we drafted a guy. I can't remember the timing on Hoyer that he signed before the draft or after, but um, you along they ride for that one that uh, they should be focused on AOC and Hoyer really shouldn't play. Hoyer was going to retire. He wasn't going to play at all. And he came back because he knows Josh McDaniels and he decided to give it one more run here. But if you're the Raiders, why would you play Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell? Makes no sense whatsoever to do that. You have to be looking toward the future if Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing. I mean, we can have reasonable debates over how good the Raiders will be this year, but there is no question that if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, he is the starting quarterback. The only reason I want Brian Hoyer around is if it's Jimmy Garoppolo turning an ankle in the first quarter and we need somebody to finish that game. I don't want Aiden O'Connell having to come in in the middle of a game. I can have Brian Hoyer come in and finish out a game, but then if it turns into, oh, it's a high ankle sprain, Garoppolo's out four weeks, it has to be Aiden O'Connell. You have to be looking at the future because this team is already holding on by a thread in the present. So how do you react to people? Because we're making a strong case for them to be you know, given a tryout if the Raiders fall apart or if Jimmy G goes down. How do you react to the strong reaction on Aiden O'Connell? And I've seen his numbers flashed all over there. And, um, like, even Cowherd this morning, and we'll, we'll get into this a little more, Cowherd was building a strong case for the Raiders to have a pretty good season. But this was him talking earlier in the day about Aiden O'Connell, fourth-round pick of the Raiders, who's getting a lot of uh, time at quarterback because it's the preseason. Here's the other things we've noticed in the preseason. They have the best backup quarterback in the league, potentially, in Aiden O'Connell. I know I'm not, to go, not supposed to go hypey here. That kid is a backup, looks tremendous. He's out of Purdue. I think he was a three-year starter. He's got a big arm, nice player, two-year starter, nice player, throws a great ball. Not going to run around a lot. That's not what he does. Confident, nice arm, accurate. I think he's looked great. Okay. I don't know if I'm ready after a couple of preseason games to say, and we don't have to sit here and rank who the best backup quarterbacks are, but we are getting a little geeked up. He looks like he's capable. It looks like they made a decent pick as a, at least an organizational quarterback. Is the best backup quarterback in the league statement a little too much, Candy? Yeah, I think we're probably moving a little fast here on Aiden O'Connell. Josh McDaniels is now 6-0 in the preseason with the Raiders, and I don't think we're about ready to proclaim him to be anything other than a middle to bottom third head coach in the NFL. So let's not get too excited about Aiden O'Connell, a rookie playing against the San Francisco 49ers second and third string, and then whatever's left of the Rams in the preseason. Let's not make that out to be anything more than it is. But that said, it is hopeful enough mm-hmm. that, yeah, I want to see what he has yeah, yeah. if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't able to go. All right, so we're going round and round on that one. I'm going to take you round and round on another one real quick here. 
So when we all exchanged stories, I really didn't make much of this, but apparently there was breaking news on Josh Jacobs. I don't know if you you saw this, but um, it started on Sunday. The RJ on their front page has a story. Is Josh Jacobs running out of time to be ready for the Raiders opener? You click through to the story, and that is the headline. And then the lead in the story says, running back Josh Jacobs is expected to report to the Raiders before their season opener in three weeks, multiple league sources have indicated. Uh, that was from our buddy Vinny over on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was followed up uh, today with our good buddy Vic Tafer, and I think Vic was addressing what was being treated as breaking news because I also saw – where did I see this, Candy? Oh, on Yahoo this morning at 845. Josh Jacobs is expected to return to the Raiders before the team's season opener against the Broncos per Vinny. Uh, then Vic Tafer, who covers the team very closely, followed that up with a tweet this morning at 907. It said, on Friday, I went on the Rich Eisen show and said I thought Josh Jacobs would be back week one. It was my opinion, and there have been a lot of reports since. Nothing has changed. Okay. All right. Who's scooping who, right, Candy? Who's scooping who? And then one of the content creators, who I think has an issue with Vinny, because they've gone back and forth, pointed out that Josh Jacobs denies the report of uh, Vinny and the paper, denies the report that he will be ending his holdout and will return to the Raiders before week one. Uh, he tweeted something, but he quickly deleted it, Candy. So... I don't know if we just reported breaking news that came out on Sunday or it's all done or none of it was news. I'm really tired from like the last 45 <laughs> seconds. I'm sorry. And I'm I don't sorry. think you said a fact anywhere in there other than Rich Eisen having yeah. Vic Tafer on. Yeah. That's about it. It's the only thing we can confirm. I can confirm that Vic Tafer has appeared on the Rich Eisen show <laughs> and given his opinion about Josh Jacobs. Like jo that's pretty Josh, much all uh, we can say. Josh tweeted uh, this. after this morning. Uh, at the Raiders and at the Review Journal and at uh, NFL expert uh, Ari Mirov, NFL Rums. I know that's one of your favorites. We'll get him on the show at some point. Come on. Uh, he tweeted back at all of them and said, damn, I don't remember saying that. Okay. So there we are. I don't know why Josh Jacobs felt it necessary to tweet, but maybe he was sending out the message, no one has talked to me. So that's all reports from the other side. Uh, I don't know where we are right now. I hope Josh Jacobs is back. Well before week one, I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know if these reports mean anything. I think a lot of it's guesswork by a lot of people. And we've seen already, you're asking why is Josh Jacobs doing it? Well, we've already seen Twitter is his preferred medium to do whatever public fighting of this battle he's going to do. Right When it came time to come to the deadline for an extension, whether he was going to be on the franchise tag or not, and when we were going through the whole our running backs being phased out of the NFL – he retweeted about a half dozen different running backs and a half dozen different opinions about what was happening, and we know that that's the way he's going to go, so I don't mind it at all. I mean, Josh Jacobs deserves to get his side of the story out there when people are reporting unsourced things. That's fine. If, if, if you're upset about unsourced things, you become the source. I don't know if Candy figured it out or Devon or the audience. Really, this whole block was about me talking about my fantasy football team, like I said, coming out of the gates. Josh Jacobs, I did get you at a bargain price in the Fantasy League, but you know what, brother? 
I wouldn't be that upset if you sat out the whole year. Viva la revolution for the running backs, right? But if you do come back, I got you to value pick. So you take your time when you come back. Please be great and earn that next contract, maybe with someone else. More Raiders talk coming out. We're coming up throughout the show. One of our favorites from the Autumn Windbags podcast, RJ Clifford, will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to check in with the Patriots, too. Little Patriots preview. We've been doing Raiders opponent preview, so we'll do that in the four o'clock hour. And lots more on the way. Candy's here. JVT will be in later. Demond is here as well. Darius Clark is here, and uh, this is really up. Uh, Demond's alley and JVT and Adam Hill and Slam Ball has been a massive hit. How are you, sir? What's going on? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? We're good, man. We're fired up. So, all right, tell us about uh, progress of the season, the league, and especially the uh, TV exposure so far. What do you think? Hey, so the whole you know the whole experience has been has been mind blowing. Not only uh, you know physically, but you know with just everything that you know comes with comes with being on ESPN. You know, being played on ESPN. But you know the so at the beginning of the season, you know, we were all a little anxious. I'd say you know just more nervous than anything. But you know, as time goes on and as more banged up we get, you know, we got more. I mean, my team, especially the mob, you know, we got more comfortable and more comfortable. But, you know, as the season got on, the longer the season is, you know, the the more comfortable we got. Darius, I've got to ask you, when it comes to you even getting recruited for Slam Ball, was, did you reach out to them or did they reach out and say, this guy's got the Guinness World Record for vertical, we need him in this league? <laughs> yeah, so actually it was one of my, one of my um, judges for one of my dunk competitions. He was the assistant coach for the Slashers. Um, so he had he had told me about you know asked me if I'd be interested in joining Slam Ball back in like February, and you know that that's how that happened. One thing led to another, and then next thing you know, I'm in Vegas. Yeah. So this season, the mob, you guys went undefeated. Did you guys feel that momentum that like as a team, like maybe even during training camp, that hey, we got something special here, or was it just you know just naturally that you guys were the best team out there on the court? Yeah. So. As the crazy part is, is most most teams. I'm not going to, you know, name, you know, any team specific. Um, but most teams thought we were going to be the worst team in the league, uh, just because of how undersized we were and our basketball background. Not many of us, like myself, has a basketball background. But I told them I could feel like after the first little scrimmage we had, I was like, I don't see us losing. I'm not going to lie to you, even though we've only scrimmaged one team. I I told um I told Brandon uh number 25 I said uh I said something something and then I said we're going to be we're going we're going to be undefeated and we're not going to it's not going to be a close game I guarantee you and you know saying that at the beginning of the season you know we haven't even played the game is a little you know suspicious but at the end at the championship I just walked up to him and I told him I told him I said I told him um but yeah, it was kind of like the media. As soon as I saw, you know, how Gage played, you know, how Cam, you know, Horton and Cam Holmes played, all that we have, we have some major potential. So I've got to ask one of the big points of contention that we had here on the show was one of the hosts said the rules are just not clear when you guys were out there on the court were there sometimes where you were just like I don't know really what I'm doing I'm just trying to hit somebody and score the ball were you guys always clear on the rules out there? Yeah, nah, so the rules was changing constantly. Like, the rules changed mid-season. That's how much the rules changed. But, yeah, there's sometimes, especially for me, 
where I just kind of had like a like a brain fart because there's so many like specific rules. You don't really know which one to, you know, you, there's some situations, you're going to be in some situations where there's literally just nothing you can do but just you know, break one of the rules and that's where you're going to see some of those some of those brain fart moments. So I've got to ask, what was the most fun part of this season? I know you guys win the championship. You go undefeated. That's got to be that's got to be fun because you do nothing but win. But what was that one standout highlight moment for you from the season? Uh, so my favorite moment was when we were facing the lava, the lava in the uh, semifinals round, um, making that making that dunk after one of Gage's blocks that kind of like sealed the victory. Kind of, you know, probably like a minute and a half left. And it put us up by 16, and that was probably my favorite moment, just because we knew we were going to the championship, and you know, Des Bryant was there going crazy, Marshawn Lynch was, you know, there going crazy. I looked at them; they're all jumping. Uh, my coaches all turned, so that was yeah, that was probably my favorite moment. All right, Darius, only got a couple more questions for you, but I've got to ask this: You got the Guinness World Record for vertical. How can a guy like myself improve my vertical jump? Ooh, that's a good question. All right, so if I had to give one tip, I'd say daily um, low-impact plyometric. Just do some, you know, some pogo hops. Just get off that ground as quick as possible. Focus on that ground contact time, um, you know, along with building good base strength. That'll, that's really the, you know, the two tips that I can give anybody for you know, anybody wanting to increase their vertical. Okay, because I'm a stocky guy, but I'm trying to get some hops. You know, it's just not there yet. But have there been <laughs> have there been any talks for like season season two? When's the league coming back? Do, have they have they talked to you guys about that yet? Uh, not really. They only thing they told us is that it's for sure coming back for the summer. Um, I don't know like specific months or dates, but I think it's going to be a little bit earlier than what it was this year, and could possibly go a little bit later. So just the season may be expanded. Is um, you know, from the furthest of my knowledge, but I can't have a guarantee on it. Darius, we appreciate a couple minutes. Thank you so much, and uh, congrats. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Go mob. There you go. Go mob. Unbeaten on the season. How many times did you go out there? I, I never made it out. You never made it out? I never made it out. That's one of my uh-huh. biggest regrets because everybody that was out there in media that got to jump, jump on the trampoline, that'll be when I'm 90, my biggest regret is that I didn't get to get on the slam ball trampoline. We've talked about this before. You can do – well, no, I, I don't even have to ask you this. Because, uh, Candy, I was going to bring up Stormy, right, down at VSIN and formerly with VGK. She went out there, and she was doing freaking flips on the trampolines. I'm like, wow, I am old. First of all, I could never do that. I was always kind of afraid of trampolines, and I was not a flipper. Um, but I know you can do it because I've seen highlights of you in uh, pro wrestling doing it. Yeah, so that's why like I feel like this was I was made for this. I know why did I'm only you not go four. out. I just never. how great would it have been to see you know five nine Demon? Oh, thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's stop right there. Uh, so, oh, you're too you better, kind. You better give me credit. But uh, Demon, who maybe uh, you know a little bit shorter than five nine out there throwing down dunks, that would have been cool. You got to go do it. I can't hear anything after five. Uh, that's nine. it. He's, we got to uh, go to break so he can get his concentration back. I got a giveaway right here. Three six four eleven hundred. Boy, this is a good one. MGM Grand Garden Arena. It's coming up on September 2nd. AXS.com is where you can get your tickets for the show with LL Cool J, The Roots, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Salt and Peppa, Ice T, and more tickets. Two of them available right now with Demon 364-1100. Caller 7. I told you 30 minutes ago, Candy. 
stuff was going to roll out, different reports during the show. I had a feeling today is going to be a really busy show. So we mentioned to open the show that the uh, RJ is reporting, Josh Jacobs will report, or check that, is expected to report. That's a little bit different, but... Uh, Josh Jacobs is expected to report to the Raiders before their season opener in three weeks, multiple league sources have indicated. So Josh Jacobs, according to the paper, is going to be in, and that's Vinny, uh, before the beginning of the season, this offseason and preseason has been chock full of stories about running backs because we're finding out across the league, you guys are mostly effed. Austin Eckler. Really got nothing except some incentives. He's not getting an extension, even though he was actually a bargain player by the contract. Saquon Barkley talked about you know sort of being a tough guy all summer, and then he folded less than a, a week in and got some incentives. Uh, Josh Jacobs has not folded yet, and I don't know that the Raiders have offered a bunch of incentives. And then the worst one for running backs is Jim Irsay with Jonathan Taylor, where he basically said, uh, Johnny – when you're not here, no one will care. He also said, when I'm not here, no one will care. And now, what's the latest report on Jonathan Taylor? He has permission to do what? He has permission to seek a trade. Okay. And just like Austin Eckler. The part about this, yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> um, the part about this that, that just mesmerizes me is that they're both wrong in this particular situation. Like, Ursay is Ursay is wrong to publicly overplay the hand like this, but at the same time, Jonathan Taylor's not reading the room better than any other running back is reading the room right now. And if you think you're going to find a trade, good luck. Who's giving up assets to then pay you what you want to get when nobody is willing to pay a running back in the first place right now? Zeke Elliott got three million. Dalvin Cook got like eight, both below the franchise tag. Saquon Barkley got nothing for holding out. Tony Pollard just took the tag and ran with it. And Josh Jacobs still sitting on the sidelines. Who is going to pay assets and then pay you a contract? Let me see. Maybe a team that has a rookie quarterback needs to be able to run the ball. Oh, wait, that's the team you're on right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, what if there were another situation, like have the Panthers learn their lesson with Christian McCaffrey? They have a young quarterback. Would they go back in the uh, Chris McCaffrey direction with a high dollar running back? Would help out. It would help out Bryce problem Young for the. Pa- yeah, I mean, the problem for the Panthers is how much draft capital they invested in getting Bryce Young in the first place, and yeah. how hamstrung they're going to be by that. They already lost next year's first rounder. Not that Jonathan Taylor is getting a first rounder, but they're already going to be compromised when you have to look at Bryce window uh, Bryce <laughs> Bryce Young and say his window doesn't open till next year at the earliest. And by then, you're already into Jonathan Taylor's second contract. You've given up not only draft capital, but you've given him a contract, too. It's just not where the NFL is going today. This is crazy, though. You don't think there's one team amongst, like, 26 that don't have a great running back that would look to trade for Taylor? I mean, I assume to make him happy, you're going to have to extend him. There's not one team in the entire NFL that wants a guy as good as Jonathan Taylor at traditional running back money. Just not going to happen. How are you going to separate yourself from the pack? How is Jonathan Taylor different than Josh Jacobs? How is Jonathan Taylor different than Saquon Barkley? How is he different than Dalvin Cook? He's not. He's a little younger than 
Dalvin Cook, but the rest of the guys, like he's pretty much the same age. He's not in any different of a boat. And right now, the only reason that Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are getting paid what they are is because the value of the running back tag is what it is, or else they'd be struggling to be in a situation to make $10 million a year. Bears don't have to pay. I mean, they can pick up a fifth-year option, what, next year on Justin Fields. Wouldn't the Bears be sort of dangerous if it wasn't Khalil Herbert at running back and they committed to Jonathan Taylor? Um, I know they're saying their offense is going to be more open and they're going to be throwing the ball around more. Wouldn't a dynamic duo on the ground of Justin Fields and Jonathan Taylor be something pretty cool? It'd be fun to watch, but if you're the Bears, you spent all this time building up your cap space, right? Yeah, yeah. And they still are sitting on all the cap space in the world. That's where you're going to fire it? You're going to fire it on a second contract running back? Don't do that. Your offensive line's not there, and your defense sure as hell isn't there quite yet if you're Chicago. It'd be fun. Yeah. Justin Fields is fun. DJ Moore is going to be fun. But no. Man. No, 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 no. These were my heroes. These were my heroes growing up. Now no one wants a great running back. What has happened? Back in my day, you ran the ball to win. Damn it. Jonathan Taylor has no market. Austin Eckler has no market. Josh Jacobs has no market. Saquon Barkley, no market. I mean, this it really it, it's crazy. And the reason I'm pounding it, I'm just trying to find something for Jonathan Taylor. And Candy's like, nope, target practice. Nope, shoot that down. Bang, bang, bang. All coming down. And if people could see the stupid hand movement I'm making to do the gunshots, you'd laugh. Damon, do you <laughs> want to fire back on this? And, and Very impressive. Name, name, name a team that is running back hungry that will go, you know what, we'll commit $35 million to Jonathan. Think about it. That's the other thing. Now, if you do want a guy in a long-term deal, they, you, no way you're getting Chris McCaffrey money or uh, freaking Derrick Henry money, which is up you know, $15, $16 million a year. Now you get one of these guys going to be like $11.5 million a year. Now, the guaranteed money's got to be a little bit higher. No one wants a, a, a bell cow running back now? No, and look at, Adam's, look at response, Adam's response has made me Damn dejected. It. You know, my morale's down. I, I've got nothing for these Your running backs. Morale is down. I mean, Adam, that's what I do, baby. Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> you had hope. Get rid of it. I got nothing for you. Cofield's got no arguments and you've got no hope. Well, like I said, uh, fantasy football drafts are happening and I have always been a running back guy. And I know uh, what the, what's the, what's one of the new strategies It's not really new, but people are pitching it. Is it like the hero back? where you just get like one super powerful back in fantasy football in the first round, then you wait till like the sixth to get your second guy. I refuse to do that. So I still hold by my fantasy principles, but on the field, in real football, man, this whole, uh, this whole league is bought in on this. It's amazing. And I'm not even saying you're uh, – Candy, I'm not even saying like a GM or an organization is a sucker for wanting Josh Jacobs or Taylor. It's just I, I cannot believe how unified the entire league seems to be on this position. It's for multiple reasons. There are so many ways you can look at this argument and understand why it makes sense, even if there are certain players whose names you know that you love cheering for, but you have to understand why this is what it is. They age quickly. You get the value in the first contract, the first four years, the first five years, and running backs do not slowly decline. They fall off a cliff, and you don't want to be paying big money in a cliff year for a running back and the gap between what you get from paying a top end guy and a mid round draft pick 
is just not wide enough to justify paying them that much more money. And if you want an example of that, how good last year were the Atlanta Falcons at running the football? They were one of the five most efficient teams in football in the run game. And you know who was running the ball? A mid-round draft pick named Tyler Algier. Now, they went and spent money on B. John Robinson, at least in terms of draft capital and contract. I don't think it was a smart idea, but hey, they did it. But they were the example that already proved you don't have to. I think so. I mean, he's best once the ball is actually snapped. Oh, Great job, Jay Cobble. That's Let's a hook player. Take it into the grip, baby. It's Woo-hoo! a new year, baby. How about that hook drop? My man, Hummel. Captain tonight. Oh, man, is that exciting. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Welcome back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. There he is, the future of sports talk, the future of broadcasting. What a call! What a play-by-play call. How about that, Candy? What do you think of that dude? That was disturbing. I had to look for a second to realize that was McVeigh. My God. (laughs) Why was it disturbing? The the unhinged yelling was Romo-esque. Yep. I actually, for a second, I was like, God dang, he kind of sounds like uh, the the freaking uh, Chiefs guy, Mitch Holtis. I was waiting for him to just, you know, bellow out whatever, you know, interception. Los Angeles, touchdown, Kansas City. He, Sean McVay, first of all, he loves football. And who wouldn't love one of their own guys getting an interception? But, like, in the flow of being mic'd up on the sideline and doing an interview upstairs, he goes right into play-by-play mode and color mode. Did both. Nailed it. These jobs ain't that hard, Candy. These play-by-check. I'm not, okay, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going to get myself in trouble. But, uh, no, McVay's highly entertaining and, um, he does have a future when he wants to. My guess is that he will take a break at some point, and it may be like a Gruden-esque six- or eight-year break. And I was going to say while he gets his life together. That's not the way I mean it. But, you know, to have kids, he just got married. Um, he will be awesome as an announcer. So I thought that was a really cool moment. He's live on mic, and he's like, all right, I'll take over. I, listen, if, if you're going to be a Nepo baby – you might as well make the absolute damn most of it like Sean McVay has. Like, I'm not saying that he is where he is because he's a Nepo baby, but like he is, and yet somehow he's made every possible right move to take advantage of it and to end up in the spot he's in right now. Damn. You rushed me there. I was trying to I was looking up a Tobin that I saw the other day on TV. Um a front office chop? guy. Was it Chop? Uh, no, not that Tobin. T-O-B-I-N. Oh, it wasn't Chop. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. Like the McVeighs, you hear certain names and you're like, oh, yeah, there was you know this Tobin, that Tobin, and there's mm, you know one yeah. of the kids who uh, I thought was like 32 years old. It turned out he was like 50, but uh, very well preserved. But yeah, uh, nepotism <laughs> in the NFL is, is very prevalent. But Sean McVay has earned his keep, and he's a good football mind, entertaining guy, and he, he freaking loves, loves, loves football. Uh, hopefully he's everything Gruden was in terms of entertainment, except for some of the stuff. Right? Nope. Show a little self-control. Which brings us to, well, guys being guys. And, man, I don't want to not be on the guys team because I kind of understand what happens sometimes. Um, awful announcing, which is a, pretty much an awful website. Uh, because it just tracks, you know, embarrassing moments and then overreacts to other moments that aren't that embarrassing. 
Candy, you've done some TV, you've done radio, you know, on TV every once in a while. I'm guessing the producer says to go here. Maybe the cameraman just does it on his own. I don't know. But there's moments in the game where, hey, let's have a casual conversation. And we got a game the other day where the camera pans over to what appears to be a bachelorette party at a baseball game. This was called Creepy. See if you get upset by this. She's about to get married, right? That's yes, why she's she got that outfit on, right? And then uh, she's at a baseball game. Good for her. It's part of her uh, her little trip with the girls, I suppose, before. Got her bridesmaids with her. A bachelorette party going on here at the ballpark at Progressive Field. Nothing sexier than a girl drinking a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> Steve and Quan looks at one low and away. They're out having fun. That's all that matters, right? It's a beautiful day for it. There you go. All right, creepy? It was labeled creepy by that website. A little cringy, but not creepy. Come on. I mean, what what got you? What I what got you? What line? Uh um what was it the uh the the one that was talking about, you know, like, oh, little girls out there having their fun or whatever it was like. <laughs> okay, hey, like it's a little it's a little demeaning. Devon? But, uh, you got yeah. anything? Yeah. Devon, anything creepy in there? Nobody respects women more than me. So if people are saying it's weird and creepy. Oh, well, I want you to pick something out. What, 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 when you heard it, were you like, wow, okay, maybe oh. I wouldn't have said that. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think he said anything wrong. There, I said it. Okay. So the line that that website I thought, say it myself. thought was creepy was nothing sexier than a lady drinking a line in Kugel. I don't remember if he said a tall line in Kugel. Um, it's a joke. I'm not going to go into the, the, uh, play-by-play dude's head and, you know, assume he was saying anything. Um, is that, is that guys being gore, uh, boorish guys, guys being boorish guys? Is it over the line? I feel like sometimes we point stuff out that is offensive, makes it harder to label other stuff creepy. So I thought it was on the edge. I mean, would I say it? I mean, my read on it was if I was going to go into his brain, and this is, again, this would be objectifying women and judging them on their looks, She, the, the bride was a, a little bit thicker, right? And she's got the tall can. So, well, come on. Don't start pressing a dump button. I'm just telling you, I'm trying to pull, pull everyone behind, let's say, the 50-year-old curtain, right? Old school, stupid jokes, being judgmental. Objectifying women, all right. It's the Midwest. We got some bulk. Wait, are we are we still going? I thought we we're I thought we went to break. Yeah, so that that's I'm guessing that's where he was going, and I'm risking a long suspension because we know Lotus just drops a hammer on us all the time for content. But uh, that may have been where he's going. So uh, yeah, so the the website calling it creepy was a little bit weird. Now we get to Candy Story, which I didn't see the video, so I want you to describe it. Did we have someone lay a big wet smacker on a Spanish female soccer player and then try to walk it back, but it was one of those where the walk back was not great? Let me just ask you a question before I describe this entire situation. <laughs> okay. In any public setting, yes. in any private setting, if you were congratulating a woman on her achievement – and that woman was not either family or your significant other. Yeah. 
where might you think it's appropriate to kiss that woman uh, on oh. on her cheek maybe maybe on her forehead definitely not on on her shoulders you're weird but then <laughs> on the mouth seems, on the mouth seems wrong it, it seems you know and so the the president of the of the Spanish Soccer Federation oh in truly a romantic moment um uh when he was congratulating one of the ladies who won the uh, World Cup for Spain, gave her a kiss. Hmm. And he gave her a kiss that involved him putting his hand behind yes, her head. I saw that. Get, get the grip. And holding and, and cupping cupping the back of her head. Romantic. And then giving her a big wet kiss on the lips. Yeah. Um, and then when he was called what, out for it, um, he called people idiots. Yeah, he did. And essentially said... You don't understand how it is where we come from. I have been to Europe. I have seen people greet each other in Europe. I've been greeted by people in Europe. I've done the whole kiss on one cheek, kiss on the other yeah, cheek. Yeah, okay. Mwah, mwah, sure. Right? Smooch, smooch. Wow. Quick, if, quick. If people could peck, only peck, see the video. Smooch, we'll have to put this one out. Peck, 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 peck. Wow. Smooch, 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 smooch. By, by, uh, by the way, I'll go in the announcer voice. By the way, there's nothing sexier than a 40-something-year-old man on a show video smooching into the camera. There you go. Hey, Anyone Bob and Weaven. Bob and Weaven. I'm, I'm just showing you that, the, that DeMond's not the only one ready for slam ball. Like, I'm just showing like, <laughs> I can I can move, okay. too. All right. I can move, too. But I, but I would never use that movement right. uh, to put a sneaky little kiss sure. on a female soccer player. And the, the whole excuse of it's different where we are, it, y'all, it's first of all, whether you're right or not, it's that we're a global society these days. Mm-hmm. We all see everything. And if people are out there telling you this probably ain't good, it probably ain't good. And he ultimately walked it back. But man, not in a pretty way either. Like just kind of made it sound like, Hey, you know, uh, if that offended anybody, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's on you. I'm sorry to the people who were offended, which is never, never a real sorry. Lesson learned, right? Lesson learned. Can't get rid of them. They just won the World Cup. Tricky situation. Much, much. Peck, peck. Yikes. Smooch, smooch. Yikes. We need a woman on this show. Uh, well, I mean, we have some guests. No, on. you, no, no, you who started this out with how much you respect women are telling yeah. us you need a woman. Don't, don't tell us we need a woman on the show. You're out here, you're out here pitching your dating profile. You're like, no one respects women. It, it drop the, drop the voice a little bit too when you do. Nobody respects the ladies more than I do. No one respects women more than me. No number one ally Nobody. here. Nobody. Is Nobody. that right? Yes. The white knight. Trust, trust cowboy. Trust cowboy cotton. <laughs> but we were moving into some dangerous territory. I didn't overstep. No, I'm just telling you. What, I'm smooch, just smooch. I'm and just that's why we need a smooch, woman smooch. to tell us where the line is. Well, I think that's why at, at a lot of these games where men are announcing. Um, by the way, I still did going back. This was compared to Brent Musburger with uh, no, was, yeah, that was super was. creepy. Was it because he was like she's hot? I mean, really hot, really, really hot. Hot, hot, hot. The Catherine like, Webb okay. thing was way worse. Okay, all right. Uh, also, the 50-odd year age difference didn't help with that, and yeah. it's nothing, by the way. Nobody remembers this one. I don't know why I remember because I was like a teenager, and I was like, are you allowed to say that? Gary Thorne calling an NHL game on ESPN2 when the deuce had just come around, and Susie Culber was going to be hosting the show after that, and they're like, no. read a promo 
for the show. And then they're talking, and Susie Colburn, he just takes a beat and he goes, oh, those eyes. 